Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. This is Align Designs, the show about creating a life of ease and flow and encouraging women to be 100% authentically themselves by following their inner authority and practicing transparency and vulnerability. This is the place where you can collect all the tools to help you construct your best life through the lens of human design. Here's your host, Allison Cullen. Holy goodness. Y'all are going to freaking love this episode with my friend Leah Ziliak. Before you do anything, pause this episode, go follow her on Instagram. I will link her Instagram in the show notes below. She's freaking amazing. She's basically a digital nomad. She travels all over the world for free, staying in places and trading pet sitting for, you know, rent-free lodging. She has like a co-living company that she handles. It's amazing. And I know that there's a lot of listeners who are mamas who this is not going to be your lifestyle, and that's fine. However, there are a lot of people who do some short-term nomad traveling or just short-term traveling with families, with young kids, with all types of kids who just are able to do this for a few weeks out of the year or a couple months out of the year and give their kids just this amazing experience. Either way, go follow her on Instagram because her Instagram is beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing that's on Instagram right now, which not everything is. And Leah's story is so expansive and it's just so cool. We don't just talk about the nomadic lifestyle. We talk about a lot of other stuff. It's a beautiful conversation and I can't wait for y'all to listen. One of my dear friends from a long time ago, Leah, I don't even know what year did we meet? I think it was 2011. 2011, yeah. 2010 or 2011. So 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. We were in that little office. So we, Leah... And I worked in Austin together in the music industry. I think I actually sort of first met you over email and the phone when you were working in Nashville. Mm, yes, probably. And then you you moved to Austin and then we worked in that little rundown office off of 35 <laughs> at like 35 and Old Torf that was like a little bit scary at times. Do you remember that? It was. Yeah, it was not not, not a super great office building, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we had fun and we became friends. And then in we were just sort of chatting before I hit record. And Leah has like done so many cool things since then. I mean, so we've both gotten out of the music industry, but her life is like way cooler than mine. And I can't wait for y'all to hear from her. So um, Leah, I know in 2015, you moved from Austin and you started working on cruise ships. Tell us about, well, you can tell us a little bit about you. You can go backwards. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and then tell us your timeline after like moving from Austin and up to present day. 
For sure. Well, my name is Leah Ziliak. Um, I'm from Indiana originally, but I went to school in Nashville at Belmont um, and I studied music business there. So I worked in the music business for a long time and then I moved to Austin, which is where I met you. And um, yeah, after a while, I just kind of got burned out on the music industry and, and knew that it wasn't something I wanted to be a part of anymore. And I knew I wanted to travel and um, I had come across the option of working on board cruise ships. Um, so I worked in entertainment. So I worked with Carnival Cruise Line in the Caribbean for a few years. And so it's basically just hosting events and working, playing games with people and all those sorts of things. Um, on board ships. So you live on board for usually around six months at a time and then you're off for three months. So it's kind of like a live and work situation. And I did that for a while. And um, yeah, now I work remotely and I can live wherever I want, which is super awesome. So I, I travel full time now. I don't have a home base and I can travel around the world. I'm in uh, Bulgaria at the moment and I'm going to Africa next month. So <laughs> kind of all over the place. Okay, just so you guys know, stop, like pause the episode right now, go down to the show notes and follow Leo on Instagram because she is like really, really fun to follow. Um, just like her post from everywhere that she is, like you're gonna want to live vicariously through her. If not, maybe she'll convince you that something like this is a, a way of life to look at. But I do have like a random question I just thought of while you were working on the cruise ships, what's like your most crazy or entertaining story of something that happened while you were living on the cruise ships? Oh gosh. I mean, every, like, day. <laughs> yeah, every day. Every day was entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's a different life when you're living on board because you are typically there are around 1500 crew members on board every ship and they're usually only about five Americans. So it's a very, very international group of people. And it's really, really cool the, what, what happens on board as far as the crew member, which I didn't really anticipate going into it. But um, you just become like family, you know, you're living and working with people and traveling and seeing all these great places together. And you just form these bonds really, really quickly. So I guess in general, just crew life was really, really cool and something I didn't expect. And it was something that I missed when I left ships, which is kind of how I fell into what I do now. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of went traveling by myself and I, I kind of missed that community piece that you have when traveling like you do with um, crew members on ships. So um, I've discovered co-living and the digital nomad scene. And that's kind of where I am now as far as having community when you travel and being with other people who are living this weird nomadic lifestyle and um, yeah, it all just seems to work. So loving it. <laughs> and then uh, we were chatting before the episode a little bit about, cause I asked Leah if there are people with children who do this nomadic lifestyle, tell us a little bit about that. Or do people do that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I travel by myself. So typically I'm with other solo travelers just because that's kind of my, my demographic here. But um, yeah, there are tons and tons of families who do the full-time travel thing. If, I mean, if you just do a search for, you know, family digital nomads, you will find all sorts of research on it. Um, but it's really not that unusual. You know, it's just people who want to do the, the full-time travel thing and give their kids you know, an experience like maybe they didn't have, you know, living and, and traveling is, is an experience in itself. And I think it's really cool to see families that are doing it because I think it just gives them a whole other view of the world, especially for kids. And I've known lots of nomads who grew up like that, you know, grew up having a family that moved around a lot and, and it became part of who they are. And they're just, it's, it makes you a different person as far as experiencing the world and being around different cultures and different people. It's just, it's a really cool learning experience, whether you're a kid or an adult. So yeah, lots of options there if you want to look into it. 
Yeah. And this, you know, this talking with you in this episode is not meant to convince everybody that this is like the way of life that they should choose. I think it's um, you have to figure out if it's right for you or if it's right for you and your partner or if it's right for you and your and your kiddos, you know, like it's not it's not necessarily going to be a fit for everyone. But part of my, I feel like, passion and purpose in life is to help expand people's minds that just because XYZ is the way that everybody in your subdivision or town or city does it, doesn't mean that that's just automatically the way that you need to do it. You know, Um, like I've always been told by most people like, oh, it's not good to move kids around a lot, you know, Um, because they've heard horror stories of kids having to move every year of their life and to different schools and da 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 and whatever. Um, And even like, you know, I, we didn't, after I was like in kindergarten, we didn't move again at all through high school. My parents didn't move until I was in my almost, yeah, like 20, late 20s or so. Um, But, but also the way that our world is now, there's way more options because you can work remote. And I know that we're doing this at a weird time because we've got, you know, the COVID you know, surge and the Delta variant and all of that kind of stuff. So this is, this could be something you look at in the future too. But I also really want to raise my daughter where, you know, maybe this is something that we get to do in the summers where we go do co-living and, and nomadic lifestyle in the summers or something like that. Or we do year round school where we can take one or two months off throughout the year and go do some traveling or show her what's possible through what you're doing, that this could be something that she does instead of, or before going to college, you know, to go get some worldly experience and just see what else is out there rather than just where she's grown up and the, the, you know, the 10 mile radius of where, wherever we choose to move to in the, in the hill country next. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I always find it so interesting. I, I hang out with a lot of Europeans and it's so common for people to take off for a year or two or even take vacations for months on end. And that's just normal over here. And that's what people are used to. And in the US, it's just nothing like that. You know, it's like, so everyone I know, as far as Europeans have taken off a year after college to go travel or two years or more. And it's just really interesting how it's just not like that in, in the U.S. at all. And it's just where it's the norm. It, it feels, you know, like the norm and everyone does it, but it's it's different whenever people are telling you that that's, that's the weird thing to do. So there's so many options. And as far as you were saying about, you know, whether the nomad life is for you, I think it's, it's also important to, I think people think of it as an all or nothing thing. Like you're a, you're a home person or you're a weirdo traveler person. And, and I think you can do it in small doses. You know, you could do it for, like you said, for a summer or for a month or even just a little bit and seeing, seeing if it works for you, but there are just so many options for you to, to just live life a little bit differently, or at least kind of take little, little retreats or little chances and seeing, you know, what works for you and what doesn't. So so many options out there (laughs) um one thing that i was thinking about too i when i coach people i do um like six or seven week sessions of like sort of alignment coaching where i talk a lot of its moms and trying to figure out either career pivots or if they want to go back to work or 
um, different things that they want to heal, whether it's postpartum stuff or whatever. And I, a lot of times encourage doing just a solo mini vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done that before where it's just like, you know, even just going away somewhere right out of your city for two nights alone, not just sitting, spending all that time on social media, (laughs) some distracting yourself, like really spending time by yourself. Like I went out to eat by myself. I would read on the beach and I ended up doing my last one in, in Port Aransas. And this was pre COVID and everything, but, um, what I, I always try to encourage especially moms to take solo vacations where they're not having to worry about packing for anybody or anything. And just being able to really have that alone time by themselves to discover themselves again and figure out what they enjoy doing and and all that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about trap, like before you got into the co-living stuff, like traveling solo, traveling independently, what was that like for you? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's funny that you mentioned that because I, uh, I I guess I went, I went to Boulder by myself and on a retreat several Mm -hmm. years before I started traveling full-time. And that was the first time I'd ever like done anything like that by myself. And it's just weird, you know, sitting in a restaurant by yourself or walking around a city you don't know by yourself. And it's just a different experience and it's super empowering. And I, I guess when I first started traveling solo, I flew to London by myself over Christmas um, a few years ago. And it was just, it was the most empowering thing I've ever done, you know, like being able to be in a city that you don't know and to just explore and see what happens, you know, because you're there, you're always going to figure something out. And it's just, I, I found that I love being by myself. You know, I like sitting in restaurants by myself and, you know, going to shows and exploring the city on my own because it gives you options and you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And I kind of, before that had thought that, it would be a scary thing or a lonely thing or a sad thing. And it it just was anything, but, and I think everybody regardless needs to do something like that at some point Mm -hmm. in their life, even if it's just on a small scale weekend thing, you know, that's close by because it's, it's interesting to see what you're, what you get used to when you're used to being around people and, you know, being able to make your own decisions in the moment is, is really interesting. Something that you kind of take for granted when you're, traveling by yourself for a while, you forget that you didn't used to be able to do that. And yeah, being able to do it in small doses is, is a really cool thing. Yeah. And it can even be like, I, we live in Dallas right now. And I was even looking at, um, they have these things called getaway house. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's just like a little Airbnb type thing. That's like a one room little cabin out in the woods. And I think some have like Wi-Fi and some don't, if you don't want to be, you know, if you want to like not be connected or whatever. Um, I was even looking at doing something like that just for one night and just to, I've gotten away. I have an almost two-year-old little girl and I've gotten away several different times without her, which I think is super healthy. A, if you have a partner, it's really good for them to realize what all goes into taking care of the kid while you're (laughs) gone for two or three days. It's just a really good reminder for them and helps them really respect what you do as a mother. Um, but also like, it's really important to be able to go and be independent and to not be needed. Um, cause I think sometimes we get this ego, like as moms, you get this ego around you that like, Oh, people need me. Da, da, da. And it's like, Oh no, the world will go on without me. And then just getting back in touch with your soul and what you want to do and whatever. So I just highly, highly recommend it. And then again, with what you were saying, Leah, like you, you fear it because it seems like uncomfortable and to, to do solo traveling. 
and it seems like people are going to like look at you and whatever. I remember when I went last time I went was like Port Aransas and I went to this nice little seafood restaurant by the beach and I I ended up bringing a book because I knew I couldn't just sit there <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> want to like be on my phone the whole time so I brought a book that I was reading and I read and I had you know my wonderful meal and I was sitting there and like people came over and talked to me they were like oh I thought are you taking a solo vacation I did that once da, da, da. I need to do that again and it's like weird because you like end up inspiring other people to do it you yeah. know and and the universe or God whatever you believe in ends up like sending people your way that you do get to have conversations with so you're really not traveling alone they like people see you and they're like oh I need to go talk to her um and I don't know it was a really like what you said it's a very empowering experience because especially if you can make sure you're not just attached to your phone all the time I know mm -hmm. that we need to be able to have our phone and be for emergency purposes and whatever but um to not just like if you get bored or you feel awkward or whatever to reach for your phone and start scrolling through Instagram Yep. No. Have you had to fight those urges in, in certain situations? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm bad about my phone, but especially because I, I like taking pictures. So yeah. I tend to like when I'm by myself, do the editing and do the posting and all those things. But yeah, you're right. Like I've done some digital detoxes where I just actually the first time I left on a solo trip, I didn't I had all of my social media off for several months, didn't oh. touch it at all. Um, and it was really, really cool. Like, cause you just, I need to do that again, actually, because you can get sucked back into it, but like, you just don't need those things as much as you think you do. And it's cool to, to let all that go and just see what happens because your mind is more open to, you know, ideas and you're more in the moment and you can discover new things about yourself and all those sorts of things. And I think it's, yeah, it's really, really helpful to, to travel by yourself, but also you're yeah, right. Not having that attachment to your phone. Cause it can be a crutch if you, if you let it be. So tell us how the co-living thing works. I know that you used to do a little bit of pet sitting and now you do the co-living, like tell us exactly how that works and how you're able to go live for free somewhere and what you have to do in order to get that, you know, like the trade-off and everything. Yep. So I, when I first started solo traveling, I started pet sitting, which I still do. Um, there's a platform called Trusted House Sitters that I highly recommend, even if you have families, some, some people do it as families also. Um, but basically you live in people's house in exchange for, you know, free accommodation and you take care of their animals when they're there. So um, I have lived, I can't even tell you how many tens of thousands of dollars I've saved. You know, I've lived in London and in Paris and you know, niece and all over the world um, for free because I, you know, looked after somebody's lizard or their cat or whatever. And it's really, really cool. So I was, I was doing that almost full time um, before the pandemic. And then things obviously got a little weird with it, but um, now I kind of do a combination of Airbnb and co-living. Mm -hmm. um, so co-living, I kind of, I discovered when I came to Lisbon for the first time by myself, I was traveling in, I guess, 2018, 19, um, but yeah, so I kind of, I had been by myself for a little bit and I was craving community and that sort of thing. And I discovered a co-living space that was there and I met just the most incredible group of people that they were also full-time travelers. And that wasn't something that I thought I could do at the time. I like had the idea and I wanted to, but I'd never met anyone who was doing it. Mm -hmm. And just being around all of those people who were already living the life that I wanted, it just 
completely flipped a switch for me. And I thought, you know, like at that, that time, I thought that I was just going to take this like soul sabbatical and be by myself and come back to real life. And at that point, it was like, oh, there's no, no turning back because, you know, these people are showing me that I can do it forever. And then they were doing it forever. And so, yeah, it was really cool. So, um, yeah, basically it's, you know, people, I mean, co-living can mean lots of things, but in this instance, it's for solo travelers who are working remotely and they're professional people who, you know, it's, it's not a hostel. It's not an Airbnb. It's a situation where people are spending all day and they're working their normal jobs like you normally would um, and sharing spaces. But then also at night, you know, there are events and community things that you can do. And it just really pushes you outside of your comfort zone and it lets you try new things. Um, like here, I'm at a co-living, co-working area here in Bulgaria and they have events every night. Um, so like after this, I'm going to a vegetarian cook-off thing that we're having in the garden here in a little bit and a pool party tomorrow and we're going off-roading the next day and it's just like all these little things so you can kind of connect with people that you would have never met otherwise and you're sharing resources and sharing you know spaces but it's really really cool the people that you get to meet so um, I do consulting for these co-living spaces now I kind of fell in love with the whole community thing and it it worked with what I had done in the past and so that is my life now yeah. (laughs) That is just, I mean, I've, I'm getting chills. Um, okay. And I'm also like looking through your Instagram and it's, it's fun to see all the little different pets that you've, <laughs> that you pet sent for. I'm definitely going to check that out. Cause we were talking we're, we have one dog and we're going to adopt another dog soon just cause she's a little bit lonely, but then we usually take her everywhere with us, but taking two dogs is different than taking one dog. And so now we're like, oh, we got to find a pet sitter, but I'm going to get that resource from you because I feel like that would be a great thing, you know, just to have somebody look over the house and watch our dogs. And absolutely. Yeah. It's good for, it's great for the pet owners because they, you know, they have someone, they don't have to board their animals, especially cats, you know, don't like to be boarded. Um, so they get to, you know, be comfortable and enjoy their own space. And then they have somebody looking after the house and it's great for us, you know, because we get free accommodation. And so it works out really well, but I always tell people that, you know, you don't have to be a full-time traveler to do the pet sitting thing. Like say you wanted to spend a weekend in wherever Austin, you know, and you could look for a pet sit there and just have a really cool house and look after a bird or whatever. It's it's usually not that work and you can kind of it it just gives you more options when you think of some of these alternative ways to live and travel and it frees up so much so much money um, as far as travel expenses I think that's the biggest expense that people have is accommodation and when you can take that out of the equation um, I also do like some travel hacking with with flights and and credit cards and that kind of thing so it's just it's my life now the one that I live you know traveling full-time and living all over the world is so so much cheaper than it was living in Austin. Yeah. I bet. So it's, it's crazy to think of what your options are whenever you're willing to live life a little bit differently and, and, you know, give up some of the things that aren't important to you. Like for me, having a a home base and having a car and those sorts of things weren't important to me. And so swap that for, for other options. So, well, even if a family wants to do this for their next vacation, it's like, okay, instead of staying in a hotel, you go stay at somebody's house it might not be really, really, really fancy, but it's free and you get to watch a sweet dog while you're there. Like what? Like, that's great. 
Yeah, yeah, it's amazing to, and and I think, especially as Americans, we're sort of conditioned to think that vacations are a week long and that's all, you know, we get. Um, but when, if you can work remotely and you can, you know, not pay for your accommodation for one, you can go for a month or go for two months yeah. or go for a few weeks or whatever. And there are just so many more options. You don't have to just take off work for a week and that's all you get for the year. You know, if you yeah. can, if you can work, do some work as you travel, you can go somewhere for a month, you know, why not? There are just so many options in that yeah. way. That's one that could be a whole other podcast episode. The fact that most people only take like two weeks of vacation a year and Americans yep. is like just absurd. And one of the reasons we have so many health issues and mental health issues and yep. that's just a whole thing. But it's it's different though, because myself and my husband work for ourselves. So we take way more vacation time than that. Um yep. but it's also I don't know, like we just get so conditioned and I'm thankful because I feel like this pandemic has helped push us out of that a little bit where you're like, oh, I worked for three hours today and I got all my work done. So why the F do I need to work an eight hour work day? This is ridiculous. And I'm hoping that that's one good thing that's come out of this is, is that people are starting to question that and that that will change. Cause I know that most of the rest of the world don't, don't live the way a stupid American. <laughs> I know anytime that I tell my European friends that it's normal to like take a one week vacation, they're like, what can you do in a week? Like, yeah. You, know? but you like, just get over your jet lag and that's all. Yeah, yeah exactly. You just, yeah, it's, it's funny. The differences there culturally. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's what I really hope um, anybody who is a parent who's listening can just start to a little bit expand their mind, hopefully be able to give your children these type of experiences. I know I grew up traveling quite a bit. We didn't, we usually only did like one, like 10 day vacations or so, which was still a huge blessing for, for growing up in like the eighties and nineties in, in America. Um, we, one of my first vacations I ever took was, was Tokyo and, or Japan. We went all over Japan and, and stayed there a couple of weeks, I think. Um, and that was just like such a cool experience because it's such a different culture than Texas. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just hope that, that parents can sort of expand their minds a little bit and, and really maybe make up a, a little plan in the next few years to do one of these little two or three week getaways with your family and find somewhere so different that you wouldn't normally go and just be open to the fact of like be open to the idea of just exploring and doing things that are different and immersing yourself in a culture that's really really different from from where you live do do most people leah do have you had to learn other languages? Do you know other languages? Do most people speak English? What, how's that work? No, we're just, yeah, we're, we're so, so fortunate to, to have English as our first language because it's spoken almost everywhere and it's so, so easy to get around. And the places, I mean, there's some places where it, it's always helpful to know a few words here and there because, you know, just it's a nice thing to do for one. Yeah. Um, but um, there are very few places I've been where you well, I, I'm, I'm in Europe a lot, so that's yeah. obviously widely spoken in, in Europe. Um, in some places in South America, it's helpful to know Spanish, which a lot of us, you know, growing up in the U.S. did learn Spanish a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so that's helpful. But no, I've never been in a situation where I just couldn't get by without, yeah, with how I am. So 
yeah, that, yeah, I think that's another thing that kind of scares people off. And I, I just, it's, we're super lucky that English is our first language because it's, it's the easiest one to get, get by with. <laughs> yeah. And what did you do when the pandemic hit? Were you able to come back home? What, what, how did that work? Cause I know a lot of, well, we have an Airbnb in Austin and it was basically shut down for like three months. Like nobody was using it. So how did yeah. that work for you? Yep. So I was pet sitting in London at the time. And um, I, when things started going down, I wasn't, it was, you know, it was an odd time, obviously for everyone, it sounded like things were going to shut. So I went back to the US. Um, I got one of the flights before they started to put more rules in place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I stayed in the US until I was able to get back over to Europe. Uh, back to London. And so, yeah, just kind of waited it out over there. But um, so, I mean, so far pandemic travel hasn't been that terrible. I mean, obviously there are more hoops to, to jump through. And I think people are staying longer in places as far as nomads go. Um, so I've, I've been in Bulgaria here for two months and I was in Lisbon for three months before that and London for five months before that. So normally when I could have hopped, you know, week here, two weeks there, three weeks there, it's, it's more like I'm staying as long as the country will let me stay <laughs> before yeah. I move somewhere else. So, and do you, what are the rules with that? Do you have to come back to the U S at all? Or as long as you keep moving within countries, you're okay. Yep. So every country has their own visa rules. Okay. Um, in the UK for Americans, we can stay for six months of the year without needing a visa. Um, so there's that. And then most of Europe, it's 90 out of every 180 days. So I can stay in Europe for 90 days and then I can move elsewhere for another 90 days and then come back to Europe or whatever. Um, so yeah, and that's part of the reason why I came to Bulgaria. There are different ways to, to skirt around things, but um, they have a different visa system than the rest of Europe. So I'm here using up my three months and then I will go to Africa for three months and then we'll see. <laughs> uh and I saw on your Instagram that your fam like your brothers have been able to come visit you in some places. How has that been? Um, where have they been? Oh, actually, I went to visit them. My, um, oh, my, okay. middle, my, my middle brother lives in Colombia. So I went down to, oh, cool. to, to Medellin, um, him and my other brother went down to see him, which was really cool. Um, and you all met there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we, we met up there, but yeah, so far I've not had family come out to see me. My mom had planned to this year, but obviously putting that on pause yeah. for a little bit longer, but um, yeah. And then in the past few years that you've been doing this, what is the most, like, where do you really want to go back to at some point? Like what was your, one of your most favorite places that you visited that you want to go back? Gosh, um, I always say like Lisbon for me, Lisbon, Portugal is just like feels like a home to me. I've been there. I've, I was there for the last three months before this. And I was there a few years before. And like they're just different places in the world that I think, uh, I don't know, just community comes easier and you feel more at ease. And, and that's one of them for me. But I think I found home in lots of different places. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Morocco. Um, that's another one here in Bansko. The community is amazing. And this is definitely a, a second home for me now going forward. So, um, yeah, I think finding little pockets of home everywhere. It's all it's all about the people, you know, and who you who you find along the way and, and where you can connect and find that that sense of home. So. Yeah, I think there are lots of lots of options, lots of places to see. And I always want to see new places. So I have a few homes and then I can come and go and come back to them again. So and then you said what when are you leaving for Africa for Tanzania? Uh in a month in, in September. So so what okay, what is it? And then we can wrap up soon because I know I've been asked <laughs> a billion questions. What does that look like? So once you figure out your your flight information and your travel plans, so mm -hmm. for Tanzania. 
What do you do when you first get there? How do you get all set up and find where you're going to your co-living space and meet people and all that? We will see. Yeah, this time, this one's a little bit different. Normally, I would go to a space where I, I know people already, but um, my boyfriend is climbing Kilimanjaro. Oh <laughs> so I'm wow. going to go down with him and he's going to do his thing. And I'm going to wait till he gets done because I don't think I'm up for that just yet. Yeah. That's um, and then, yeah, we're going to hang there for a little bit and go to Zanzibar, I think, which is the like the island nation off the rest, off the coast there. And then uh, go to Cape Town, which is like a big digital nomad hub. And there I do know some co-living spaces and have some friends from travel. So um, yeah, kind of hopping around and, and seeing what happens. But yeah. is this your first time going to these, going to Tanzania? And, and Correct. Yes. Okay. I've only been to Morocco and Africa so far. So this is, is new for me. So you kind of have to see how things go with, with COVID and travel. Okay. But um, it's, I don't know, when you, when you have more flexibility there, it's, it's a little easier. So we'll see. Um, one other thing I was going to ask, so you can like, you have like a community, how do you reach out to the community that say in Cape town? Like, how is it all through Instagram? Do you have a special website where you connect with people? Like, how does that work? Um, I, I, it seems like, I mean, there are a bunch of people who do what I do traveling, doing the digital nomad thing, but it is a relatively small community. It, it seems like every time I meet somebody, they at least know somebody that wow. I know because, yeah. Um, the people tend to go to the same place. So um, the co-living space I'm checking out down there is one that I've, I've talked to the owner for, for work things before and wanted to connect with him. But um, I have friends from cruise ships that are from Cape Town and people that I've just met traveling that are from there also. So there really, there are a few websites trying to connect nomads, but nothing that is really great so far. So people kind of connect through Facebook groups and those sorts of things. But I mean, once you tap into the, to the co-living scene, everyone kind of knows everybody. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see what a small world it is, but maybe you can create something like that. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. I'm like literally, okay. I'm very big on like not forcing anything on your children, but like I, after talking to you, I'm like, okay, I've really hoped that Caroline is really into this nomad thing because <laughs> What a cool way of life. And I will totally freaking go with her or meet her or whatever if she wants me to. Um, it's just so, I mean, it's literally so cool. Like you are doing what, I mean, I know that not everybody wants to be nomadic and whatever, that's fine. But I think that you're doing what like we're meant to do as human beings, which is you work enough to be able to live and have experiences and enjoy your freaking life instead of what most Americans do. And pretty much 99.9% .9 of the people I am in contact with on a daily basis, which is live to work and just work their butts off. Maybe not even it's hard work, but they're sitting in front of a screen, just like zombies being able to make sure that they make their $4,000 paycheck every other week to then pay the bills for crap that they don't need. Like yep. it's gross. And yeah. it's like just conditioned upon us. Yeah, and it's I mean, not the way to about, live. Yeah, when you think about what, like when you really, really think about what's important in your life 
and you know, what are the things that you're, you're buying just because you feel like you have to, and what are the things you're getting because you want to, there, it can just free up so much financial, financial resources for you to do the things that you really do want to do. I mean, the, the people that I travel with for the most part, they're all just super intelligent entrepreneurs and hardworking people, but they know that they don't work eight hours a day because they have to, or like they feel like they need to sit at a desk. If they only need to do two hours of work that day, that's what they do. And then they go climb a mountain or go surfing or do whatever. And it's just really cool to be around people who don't do things just because they feel like they have to. It's more of what what works for them and how they can you know restructure their life in a, in a way that fits. So all about living life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for anybody who knows human design, sometime we talk about this a little bit. Leah is a manifesting generator and definitely, I would say of any, any like human design type manifesting generators are probably tend to be like the more nomadic because they don't, they like things to be constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, I'm like a straight generator. So I really do en like, I enjoy working. If I was nomadic, I think I'd like want to make sure I work quite a bit each day and then take the rest of the day to go like have fun and, and explore and all that kind of stuff. But, and we can, we can talk about that off of the podcast episode too, about the whole <laughs> human design thing. But um, yeah, I like somebody asked the other day, like if you had two years if you knew that like the world was ending in two years, you had great health, all the things, whatever, what, how would you spend the next two years? I would freaking pack my family up and go explore the world. And hopefully like my mom and dad could come meet us places and my sister and my, you know, best friends that I want to see and, ha and create some memories with them. But like me and Cam and Caroline would go freaking see the world. That's how I would spend the next two years. I would not spend it in front of a stupid computer. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're like living when people are like, oh, just live in the dream. I'm like, no, Leah's living. <laughs> but I think that's like, I don't know. I think people think that I'm doing something special or that, that I'm they special do. that they yeah. can't do. And that's not the truth. Like I lived a normal nine to five life. I didn't, you know, I grew up in rural Indiana. We didn't, you know, travel much at all. And I think I just, I don't know, started reading books and listening to podcasts and doing, seeing what other people were doing and realizing that I, I wanted to do that too. And so I just figured out how to do it. <laughs> you know, I just, just took one big step, book, booked one flight and then figured it out from there. You don't have to, to over plan. I think that's my tendency is to think that, oh, I can't do this because I have to do this, 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 and this first. And that's not the case. Sometimes it's just a matter of making a decision and figuring out what's important and then just seeing what happens because yeah you can't plan everything dude yeah okay everybody go right now follow leah on instagram her handle is in the show notes and i follow her so you can go and find my instagram and who i follow and you can find her through there too but if nothing else just follow her for the beautiful photos that she posts because they're amazing and it's just like something that's positive on instagram because not everything is right now. And uh, also I just highly, if if this lifestyle or even doing a month of this every year or two weeks of this every year does isn't up your alley, I highly just recommend you starting to expand your mind so that at least this could be an option for your kiddos because the nine to five lifestyle, I'm like, I just really hope that less and less people do that 
the the working nine to five and just living in the suburbs doing the same thing every day not going more than 10 miles outside of your radius of where you live and being just stuck in a freaking grind i think is just sort of uh it's like we're slowly dying instead of actually going and living our life and you talking with you has like relit a fire in me that i'm like okay we have our dreams of like going and moving to the hill country and doing regenerative farming, which I think is also a beautiful life, but like we got to get out and see the world also. And I'm going to make sure that we can make this happen <laughs> at least a few months out of the year. Cause I think it's, it's more important than anything else, honestly. Yep. You totally can. Yep. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leah, for joining me on the podcast. I hope this was so expansive for everyone. Um, Y'all go follow Leah. If you have any questions, I'm sure you can DM her and reach out to her and ask her anything. She has lots of resources if you have questions on this this type of way of traveling. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, great to chat. Thanks for listening. For more Align Designs and to connect with Allison, go to aligndesigns.co. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to your wellness journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast.